What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the LWE Podcast. LWE Lee Collins here, uh, bringing your podcast back. Uh, great opportunity to have a conversation here to reflect on some of the state championship football history for the Abbeville Panthers, uh, who are going to be going for their 12th state championship um, coming up here in just a couple of days as we are recording this. And so I wanted to have a little bit of a conversation, a little bit of a throwback and retrospective uh, about some of these past state championship teams. And I thought no no one better else to talk to this about than my man, B.J. Greason. He was one of the voices of the Panthers for uh, a local radio broadcast and has written a book about the history of Abbeville Panther football and uh, joins in that passion that I have and keeping up with everything that is Abbeville Panther football. So, Benji, what's going on, man? Welcome to the man. podcast. And uh, it's, it's an exciting week, man. It is. It's a exciting week, a hectic week, and uh, and just really, you just can't replicate the excitement of a state championship week. You know, uh, it, it don't. I don't care if you go every single year. There's just something special about that week leading up to that big game, and uh, just cannot wait to uh, get down to Benedict uh, this coming Friday. And, uh, you know, Panthers have a shot at, uh, at, at rolling into second place all time in the history of, uh, of high school football in, in the state of South Carolina if they can get their 12th win. So um, just just a lot on the line and, and super excited to be a part of it. Yep, they would uh, line up with the legendary program down in Somerville. And to think that they have done the, the meat side of this here in this last decade and a half or so, uh, it's pretty amazing to me um, the success that they've been able to have. And you think about other schools who've had big runs and kind of what we call dynasties. You think about the Dutch Forks. You think about, you know, Christ Church in the one age. You think about the Burns and, and whatnot, Dylan. Um, just a lot of schools around the state that have had success. But uh, everybody knows who Abbeville is. And I think that's one thing about it, being a small town, small community, small program, small school the brand of Abbeville is very rich and highly respected uh, around the state of South Carolina. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of these state championship teams. And, you know, I, you know, I, I know for you and I both, we kind of had the privilege kind of grow up. We were, we were kids of the eighties and the nineties. So we, we, we have a little bit of a starting point there, but you had a chance to write a book not too long ago and you got a chance to go back a little bit further to the history of Abbeville football and, more specifically dealing with some of those uh, earlier state championships, uh, 1971 and 19. 19- Talking about the 71 team, you know, still a couple of those guys that are around and hear some great stories from that team. What are some of the things that you remember uh, discovering or learning about that 71 team when you did your book? Well, um, there was only two coaches on that coaching staff. <laughs> you know, you look at coaching staffs now across the country and, at every level, there's, you know, eight, 10, 12 guys on the sideline, you know, wearing a headset or whatever. But, uh, you know, there was there was only two guys there uh, on that 71 team, Coach Preston Cox. It was his first year at Abbeville. Uh, you know, a l- little bit of history. Coach Tommy Height is, you know, of course, Height Stadium. That's who it's named after. He, he came to Abbeville in 1946 and really kind of revived the Abbeville program who had, had didn't even have a football team during World War II. And, uh, you know, there was no football team, 1943, 44, 45. Tommy Height comes over in 1946 and, and, and was there until 1967. And then Red Jamison uh, was athletic director at the time, and he, he just kind of filled in when Height retired. 
he didn't know he was going to be filling in for three years, but he, he just filled in when Hyatt retired. And then they actually went out and hired a coach, and it was Preston Cox. And uh, what's he do in 1971? He goes undefeated and wins the first state championship in school history. And uh, that was the 3A championship, too. So, um, you know, you hear a lot about Peanut Martin and uh, a quarterback there, all-world everything, and, yeah. uh, you know, could run it, could throw it. He was he was dual threat before that was a term and, uh, and, and, and did it to perfection there, 13-0. Uh, that team, Larry Ray, you hear that name a lot. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of guys on that team uh, that uh, uh, that contributed a lot. Don Sherrod is a name a lot of people know. He, he's uh, played on the offensive line there, defensive line. Uh, Drew Mundy, uh, Dr. Horton ended up being a dentist, uh, you know, here in Abbeville for a long time. He was on that team. Just a lot of guys that you know. Uh, Oscar Reed, who used to own the radio station, WCLA, he was on that 71 championship team. So, uh, yeah, and, uh, and that team only gave up 92 points the entire season in 13 games. So, uh, defensively, uh, they allowed double digits twice, and, uh, and, and that was a huge, huge uh, – not really a starting point. Well, I guess it was a starting point as far as championships go for, for Abbey Villa, and they almost didn't even get out of the first round. They were tied with Irmo 21-21. And it uh, back then overtime was penetration. Who could who could get the furthest? Put the ball on the ten yard line. Who could move it the furthest in four plays? And that's how they got out of the first round in that. And then they go on to beat Pickens in round two. And then round three was the state championship game at that point. Beat Pageland uh, for their first ever state championship. So that that first team really kind of set the bar for the Panthers as far as uh, you know dominance and state champions go. Matter of fact, Preston Cox only played or coached three years here, and he ended up thirty three and two. And uh, and lost in the second round of the playoffs. His next two years before he moved on to Pendleton and uh, did did well at Pendleton, but never really recreated that success that he had at uh, at Abbeville. Well, and a couple things about that seventy one team too. This was coming right on the fringes of integration at Abbeville, mm-hmm. and also Abbeville was three eight. Yeah. So uh, a couple of things some people may not know about that 71 team as well. Uh, and then you kind of fast forward a little bit and you get up to the, the 80s, uh, which was still, in my opinion, the greatest decade of mankind. Um, <laughs> but uh, you get to the 80s and you get Coach Mike Hendricks who comes into the fold and, and comes to be a part of the team. And, and, and really the story of the 70s, Benji, um, as I remember it, was Abbeville just could not get past the beast known as Woodruff. Woodruff yeah. was the – Nemesis Enforcer, they were the ones that were the annihilators, the the, the, the final doing of, of most teams, including Abbeville. Abbeville just couldn't get by them. And then uh, finally in 81, uh, Woodruff became one of those teams that Abbeville was able to overcome. You know, I remember Chris Sayre uh, being a quarterback of that team and a lot of great athletes on that team that, that rose up and, and eventually defeated Wade Hampton. But uh, what, are some of your, uh, what are some of your thoughts about that 81 team? Well, if you look at Coach Hendricks when he took over in 74, you know, Preston Cox, like I just mentioned, he only lost two games in three years. And the very first year, Coach Hendricks uh, uh, is the head coach. They go six and four. So there were rumblings like right out of the jump, like, oh, man, you know, what's going on? But Coach Hendricks installed discipline. He installed a never quit type attitude. And, and they did. They had to go up against 
I mean, one of the greatest coaches ever in the history of, of South Carolina high school football, Willie Varner. He's got 10 state championships to his name. He's tied with uh, um, uh, McKissick down from Somerville. They yeah. both have 10. And, uh, and that's, and, you know, back then you look and, and they only took the, the, the region winner and, and, and next, you know, the top two teams in each region is who made the playoffs. So there were some really two or three really good Mike Hendricks led Abbeville teams that couldn't even get into the playoffs yeah. because they didn't, didn't take enough. But anyway, uh, you know, Hendricks goes on and I think his third year he wins 10 games and then he goes 11 and one, 11 and one. 10 and two and he gets to the gets to Woodruff in the playoffs and gets bounced every year there uh in uh I think like 77 78 79 80 so yeah Woodruff was real thorn in the hill there and then finally get over the hump there in 81 they go 14 and 0 and they uh they beat Woodruff still in the upper state championship game and you can talk to a lot of guys it was absolute frozen pouring rain and height stadium didn't have the capacity then. So they had to play that game at Greenwood high and, uh, and Woodruff had to come down to Greenwood high and the Panthers won in a, uh, just a real miserable, uh, type, uh, game 14 to 12. And then they went on and beat Hampton, um, uh, in the state championship, uh, six to nothing. Uh, and <laughs> you look at those scores in the, yeah, rock fight, it, the, the entire playoffs was a rock fight. This this was uh, one of the best defenses maybe uh, ever uh, for the Panthers. They only allowed 12 points in the playoffs, period, and all that came to Woodruff. Shut out Andrew Jackson, shut out Pendleton 7 to nothing. Then you played Woodruff, went 114-12, got over that hump, and then a 6 nothing rock fight against Hampton in the state championship game there in 1981. So that was – uh, you know, not only uh, kind of a relief to get by Willie Varner, uh, they also beat that that Pendleton team they beat was Preston Cox. Yeah. So you know they they got to uh, they got to beat uh, their old coach there, and uh, they played a lot of good teams and a lot of legendary type coaches. Uh, they beat Shell Dula that year. Beat uh, he was at '96. They beat Tommy Davis at Ware Shoals. Um, they beat uh, Lon Armstrong, who was at Mid Carolina. Yeah, uh, just a lot of really, really good uh, teams and, and well-coached teams that Coach Hendricks, uh, you know, got those guys to go through. And again, that was, you know, they say defense wins championships. That was, by point-wise, it was maybe the third or fourth best defense that Coach Hendricks had, um, if you just look at numbers. But again, you know, they had to get over that Woodruff hump, and they finally did. Coach Hendricks got that state championship that he so deserved. And uh, and one of the one of the all time great teams uh, in Panther history, second state championship there in uh, in eighty one. It got to a point where it really in the eighties it became a struggle because there were a lot of teams and schools that were kind of coming into their own and football programs that they had, and you understood at the time that um, you know things were changing, the the evolution of the game was changing, offenses were changing, uh, the teams were moving past the just the the wishbone and the wing tee offenses that were traditionally known at that time. And so uh, Panthers found themselves a little bit of a lull in the 80s, called for a a little bit of a change. Uh, And in 1989, Dennis Botts comes into the fold, coming from Cowan Falls. Yeah, I think he had like a 41-34 and record there. 
Um, and of course that year in 89 is always kind of the year that everybody remembers because it's the year the Panthers, uh, only year the Panthers never won a game. And it was due to a lot of reasons, uh, a couple of academic ineligibilities. There was a lot of guys that just quit. There were some guys that were kicked off the team. Uh, there was a little small group of seniors that hung in there and battled it out. Um, you know, guys like Brandon Thompson, Scott Brune was just hung it out. Um, but the next year in 1990 really kind of was that first brick, I think, in the modern era of Abbeville football that really kind of started the, the mold. And then uh, that team in 1990 basically had all the components that would lead to 1991 being GN. Um, you know, being a sophomore in high school back then, you know, experiencing a state championship season week to week and watching a team go and just feeling that momentum get getting big getting big and you can't talk about the 1991 state championship team at all until you talk about the game against Chesney because that was you know you might ask a lot of hardcore Panther football fans and they might would rank that the ones that are old enough to remember old, old enough that were there they might rank that as the top Abbeville playoff game ever um as far as just dry right. excitement that took place going up on the road playing Chesney uh, very, very good team and coming out on top 32 to 29 in, in very dramatic fashion. But that 91 team, they had a lot of beasts on that team. A lot of guys uh, that would go on to not only be coaches now currently for Abbeville, but also help with the younger programs. And a guy by the name of Leamon Evans, um, who could arguably go down as, as one of the all time greatest players in Abbeville history. And so, what are your memories and what are your when you were when you were looking up the ninety one stuff, what are some of the things that you remember about that beyond the Chesney game? I think the biggest thing in, in the the bots era, uh, you know, right out of the jump you mentioned the winless eighty nine season that springboards you into a to the nineteen ninety season. They go ten and two the next year. Yeah. And everybody's like, Oh, you know, there's really something here, but the, something happened in eighty nine and ninety that that hadn't happened in a long time. Uh the Crescent was really good. Crescent was yep. a really, really good football team. And in 1989, they Abbeville hadn't lost to Crescent since the 60s. And in 1989, Crescent, uh, at Crescent, thumps Abby. It was 55 to 6. And then that was like, oh, man, you know, this is this is our low point. Well, then the next year we come in, I think Abbeville's undefeated, if I'm not mistaken. It's mid-October. Yep. Uh, Height Stadium. Abbeville's ranked, uh, I want to say, third in the state for the first time in – since the eighties. I mean, it, it, we were, you know, 10 plus years uh, for being ranked even in the top 10 and, uh, and Crescent comes in the Heights stadium in 1990 and beats Abbeville 38 to 22. And that was the first loss and like, Oh man. And then Abbeville loses in the first round that year. So 10 and two that year, that's springboard into the 91 season at Crescent, still an incredible Crescent team and Abbeville, beats Crescent. Coach Botts gets over that hump and, and, and beats them 28-24 uh, and then goes on. The only loss they had in, in 91 was at uh, at Batesburg, which was a 10-8 uh, loss. And, uh, and But getting over that hump at Crescent, I think, was maybe the time, you know, in, in interviewing players for the book and all that stuff, I think that that game was like, okay, all right, we just, we just pop these guys. We can hang, we can play and, and we can play with anybody. And, uh, and I think that that kind of springboarded those guys finished, uh, 
finished 14 and one that year, but found offense, um, which Abbeville hadn't really put a lot of points on the board um, leading into to those two, the 90 and the 91 season. 1989 season, they scored 60 points the whole year. Scored 430 in 1990. And yeah. then it was the, the single highest score in, ever in, in school history at that point. And then Trump that uh, with uh, 469 total points in 1991. So uh, the Panthers not only were learning how to win and getting over the hump, but they were doing it starting in, in dominant fashion over, over some teams. And I think that 90, 91, that junior, senior class there, those guys really kind of set the, the bar and, and into what we're seeing now 30 some odd years later. Yeah. And I remember walking through the, the breezeways of Abbeville high school and they were modern day heroes and giants through there. Leamont, Chuck Goodwin, Tanko Rayford, right. walking through um, Dewan Sanders Ty Cowie, um, just guys that just were mammoth size guys and um, big hearted guys, and they were a family. They they really loved each other, and, and still to this day they have that bond. And never forget my man Mooker Rapid. Um, just you know, these guys play both ways. Neil Dawson might have been. He could argue could argue argue that he might have been the best all around athlete on that team. Uh, yeah. Leamont, but uh, you know, at one point he was uh, positioned to possibly be quarterback. And then you can't forget Marcus Gambrell, mm-hmm. Gambrell, the Gambrell, the, the G unit man. They uh, they they br- they brought a tough nose, hard blue collar edge to the team as well. So I mean that that team just had a lot of. I, I really remember that team being a very blue collar team, and I remember going down to Swansea, getting to the game two and a half hours before the game kicks off, and the Abbeville visitor stands are overflowing. Right, kick off, and so uh, you know, just just a crazy, crazy, crazy turnaround from two years removed from a winless season, and and kind of would uh, be a benchmark there. And then they kind of kind of had to go through some growing pains uh, with graduation, a lot of talent that would go over the next couple of years in '93, um, '92 and '93, um, get knocked out early in the playoffs. They come back, have an undefeated regular season in '94, led by Troy Gamble. Um, and a couple other guys that were really good on that team, including David Evans. Um, but getting knocked out by Page uh, by Paisley in the playoffs. Um, 95, Benji, really kind of similar to the, the story of of what the 90 team was. 95 team goes and starts off 8-0, but then they drop their final three games of the season, including a really, really bad loss on the road to Lamar at that time. And uh, – I never will forget leaving the game at Lamar and hearing Coach Botts, the anger, the disappointment, the frustration he felt in his team. I think there was a feeling that that team may have just kind of quit toward the end of the year there, uh, had super amount of talent. Um, but there was a lot of question marks from that team going into 1996 of how they were going to bounce back and rebound. And, man, talking about <laughs> – you go. You talked about ninety to ninety one, but that ninety five to ninety six bounce back is is something of a legendary proportion. Yeah, um, I I want to rewind one second real quick. We we're talking nineteen ninety one. You were talking Chesney and how how incredible that game was, and and to me that's still probably the greatest game ever played uh, at Abbeville High to this day. So much so that we were there same stadium this year they've done a lot of renovations it's beautiful up there but 
on the field an hour before two hours hour and a half whatever before kickoff and i'm standing there talking to, to legendary you know the goat uh, coach mark smith and he remembers every detail and he's like yeah and, and we're walking on the sidelines and he's like right there that's the hash mark that's the sign you know coach potts is walking over here he's saying this he's doing that i mean you know it's that game was so important that here we are 31 32 years later Every detail is remembered. You know, everybody that went to that game or had a, a hand in or watching or or whatever of that game, they remember exactly where they were and, and what it looked like and just every emotion and everything in, in that game. That was that was huge. And it was, uh, in my opinion, still the, the greatest game uh, uh, ever played. But, yes, you're right. The 1995 team uh, lost the last two games of the year. The regular season ended up losing the uh, the region championship, so now you got to go on the road in the playoffs. And uh, uh, actually, no, they uh, they actually actually got a home game. Yeah, that was a home game against Lamar, but lost that one. I think it was I think it was thirteen to seven or something like that. But um, that senior class of 1996 so that was my junior year in 1996 and um everybody knew kind of that you know there was a lot of talent on that team we we got to see uh you know antonio crawford as a freshman we got to see antoine burton as a freshman chris lee still there rio grant and then just the size and the speed that was on that team with deco tench and Corey bell and uh, and those kind of guys, uh, Raphael Sanders, Jermaine Paul, uh, Leland Paul, um, special teams was awesome with John Paul Bowles, and uh, just an incredible, cr- incredible collection of talent. That I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the, the 2018 state championship team for Abbeville is the only team to this point that even has come close to the dominance that was 1996. Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned a few minutes ago about how in, in the early nineties, Abbeville, you know, broke all time scoring record at 400 and something points. 1996 team scored 630 points on the season. 630. Yeah. That's 42 points. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and they didn't, and they didn't let up on anybody. Well, so say, and they held teams to less than seven points in, uh, a, a game. Um, yeah. I mean, it was you. You hear you, you hear the talk of smothering defense, suffocate. I mean, they literally took the life out of you on defense. They yeah. there no there was nothing you can do on defense. They were through the line of scrimmage. I mean, Corey Burton and Deco Tinch side by side. You basically had to use the whole offensive line just to kind of try to contain them. And then you know by a numbers yeah. game that frees up everybody else. So, um, Deco you know. was Deco was three hundred and ten pounds, and he was he's running the sub five forty at that point. I mean, it, you, you couldn't do you couldn't do anything with him. And I remember, I mean, I remember you know playing in even in middle school uh, that uh, when I was a seventh grader, and all those guys were eighth graders. Uh, I we knew that when this group got together again in high school, it was going to be special because even at right middle, the best game we played all year was every Tuesday when the ones and the ones played at practice. I mean, it was, it was warfare and, uh, and all that started literally that 96 team started at right middle school in the field behind the old right middle off branch street 
with uh, IJ and Johnny Goodwin as the coaches. Yeah. And that was – I'm telling you, those games, those scrimmages that we would have back there on Tuesdays at right middle, and I'm talking seventh and eighth graders, that could have been televised. <laughs> that team was going to be special right there. And we didn't even mention Brad Jackson, Casey Stone, uh, uh, Adam Hedden. I mean, there was just a lot of guys that were – so so just football players and and was just amazing on that uh, on that team so yeah that 96 team was special they trailed three to nothing to mid carolina in the upper state championship game for about 40 seconds opening possession Carolina kicks a field goal. That's the only – and Abbeville gets the ball back, goes down, scores a touchdown. That's the only time that team trailed in 15 games. Yeah. Well, just incredible. I mean, just the dominance from, from, from start to finish. You talk about the offensive line and what they brought to the table. And, and of course, Rio Grant was just amazing running that option attack out of the wishbone, throwing the ball when he needed to. Uh, Keely Goodwin, who was one of the captains and the leaders yeah. of the team, he was the heartbeat of the team. Uh, and and this was a team that went into the championship game really banged up. And so down the stretch, you had these two freshman bulls, Antoine Burton and Antonio Crawford, who just, oh, by the way, could tote the rock and yeah. made the team even more dangerous uh, down the stretch. And so, uh, again, with everything that they brought to the table, um, you know, they the, I remember the Columbia team that came in, I think it was in the third round. They were teamed. A lot of pop, people thought could win it all. And, and, and Ab- Abbeville just – distinctly humbled them <laughs> yeah 48 yeah. to 13 and then uh as you said it was the the thing i'll always remember i'll never forget was it was the final year that the high schools could host their state championship games or could host a state championship game and being at height stadium being that that was that game i remember it was it was really emotional for me because uh, my dad had a heart attack the week of, you know, he had been to PA announced for so long and it killed his soul to not be at that game, to announce that game. And uh, so there's a lot of emotions there for me, um, wanting them to win for him. But then they come out and they get a big shutout and etch themselves in the, in the history books. And I still say in this day and time, Benji, they would have beat the best team in any classification and probably the, the probably the second best team in that class in, in the state of South Carolina, which probably would be Spartanburg. I think yeah. they were Spartanburg head to head on a neutral field. Yeah. Um, and that was the talk that uh, coach coach bots tried to do uh, or called the, the Spartanburg coach that year and said, you know, let's, you want, you want to play for an outright championship. And, and they were like, no, nah, we're good. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I believe that <laughs> because this, I'm saying this team was absolutely loaded and, uh, and yeah, uh, special time is that was the very last state championship one on, on somebody's home field. And, um, you know, you mentioned the team earlier that, that, uh, was, we, we talked about Woodruff earlier being a thorn in the side. And then you brought up Pageland a few minutes ago, Pageland knocked Abbeville out of the playoffs in 90. 92, 93, 94, 97, my senior year, 98. And uh, Coach Botts finally beat them in, uh, in 2000. Yep. And that was the only win that Coach Botts had against Pageland. Uh, Pageland beat uh, Coach Nichols in 09 and, uh, and then uh, 2018 
Abbeville blows them out, 39 nothing. But 2-7 and seven all time against Pageland, just like Woodruff was the thorn in the 80s, Pageland was the thorn in the in the 90s. And I think had they gotten over that Pageland hump, and Vots could have had two or three more uh, titles easily. Well, and you go and you go ahead and look at what they they continue to do. They 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 were very young, inexperienced team, but they were Road Warriors in '97. Made it all the way to the upper state championship. '98, they beat both the teams that ended up playing for the state championship combined uh, eighty gazillion points to nothing, I think, or something like that. And yeah. um, you know, and then '99, uh, they come up short to '96, who had a, had a good run there toward the end of the '90s, and then in 2000. Um, you know, they get the opportunity, uh, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003. I mean, they were, they were in an upper state championship game and in, in almost every year through that stretch. And it was an incredible run and they just could not get over the hump. I think that 2000, I think the 98 team, you could argue that might've been the best team during that stretch that didn't win or get to a state championship game. Yep. Um, I would dare say the 2002 team might have been that best team that didn't win and were very close to winning against a Carver's Bay team that was an upstart team in 2002. And then, of course, um, you know, dealing with all of that, you know, just kept kind of just making you wonder if, you know, if they're ever going to win another one, ever going to win another one. And then finally, you know, we get to that point where we, we have a tragic time and we lose Coach Botts after the 2003 season. And then uh, Coach Nichols, who had been on the staff for a long time, uh, takes over the ramp and thus started a brand new era in Abbeville football, which is is, is just kind of taking us to where we are now. And so, uh, Benji, you go back and you look at those early years for for Coach Nichols. Those were those were learning curve years. He had some great teams as far as great players and stuff like that. Um, but kind of got into that niche where. We had a couple of seasons where we had the perfect seasons and whatnot, but we just could not make a deep run into the playoffs. And then in 2009, we finally were able to make a little bit of a deep run. But the devastating part of that year was losing uh, one of the better running backs we've had in school history in Darrell Elmore. Tore his knee up in early in the playoffs. And the uh, Panthers, again, go down to Pageland and could not get the win. Yeah, Um uh, going back to the uh, to the O2 team, that Carver's Bay game uh, made it down to Williams Bryce uh, for the state championship there to play against Carver's Bay. And, and if you remember that, they threw a Hail Mary right before halftime and called it. Yeah. That ended up being the difference in that game. Panthers lost 21-19. And uh, and that was the that was the difference. A Hail Mary at halftime. Uh, uh, was the was the difference in that one, and then lost to uh, the uh, Silver Bluff team in the state championship game there in uh, in 2000, where the Panthers were driving uh, to tie the game with a couple minutes left or whatever, fumbled and and and, and Silver Bluff got it. But that was a Silver Bluff team where Troy Williamson and uh, and uh, a couple other guys were were huge. Who was that? I remember Big D'Angelo Bryant, who's the current head coach of Silver Bluff. Yes, yes, D'Angelo Bryant was on that team as well. So, a um, couple near misses uh, in the in the state championship games there, but uh, yeah, you were talking about the uh, the O what was it the O nine team? Yep. Um, again, Pageland, uh, you know, stumbles up there. The only other loss in that, uh, I think, was a maybe a one point loss against Woodruff, and that was a. 
I want to say that coach there ended up going to Burns and winning a bunch of titles uh, uh, at Burns, and he was at, at Woodruff at that point. But anyway, I think that 09 team kind of, you know, uh, solidified, hey, we can we can win and we can win um, consistently and at uh, at every level. And and then realignment happens that year and or after that 09 season and drops Abbeville down to 1A, which was just – I mean, they just tore through, uh, you know, the 1A schedules. The uh, lost in, in 2010, lost uh, the opening game to Chester. And if I'm not mistaken, that was played at uh, at Newberry, was it, yep. was it not? Yeah, that was the first of a two-year deal there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lost that opening game to Chester. And then, uh, and then the next game was at home against Lincoln County. Larry Campbell still coaching. And, uh, and the pan, I mean, that place was packed. Height stadium was rocking and, uh, Abbeville got the, the win, uh, I think it was 24 to 21. And after that, it, nobody, I don't even think anybody was close the rest of the year. Um, and ended up beating, uh, beating Bamberg in the state championship game that year. And that was, uh, coach Nick's first, uh, title there in, in 2010, and there ain't been no slowing down, you know, a couple couple rough years, uh, 13 and 14. I'm sure we'll get to all that here in a minute. But, you know, that was really the start of what has turned into a Hall of Fame, all-time record-type career that, that Coach Nick is, is still in the midst of. Yep. And, you know, and I think about that team, too, and, and a lot of uh, that senior class that, that really kind of, again, they were they were kind of the guys that, were coming underneath a, a really experienced senior class in 09 and, and they really kind of followed through and, and, com, and committed to uh, attaining that goal. And remember guys like Andrew Osborne, who was a senior beast defensive end, play tight end as well. Quay Watt in the backfield yep. um, was just a freaky, freaky, scary good athlete. Tyler Bowles, who was a very blue-collar quarterback, handled the rock and, and had a pretty throw. You know, he was a water boy. Uh, the water boy lineage at Abbeville High School is just as prominent as the football program because he was yeah. out there taking Gatorade bottles and throwing them 40 or 50 yards when he was like eight or nine years old. So um, to come into a state championship game, and it, I think he ended up having like two or three touchdown passes in that game, um, which really spoke a lot to his commitment and, and uh, also the joy there. But, you know, there was a star in that in that run by the name of Ashton Hurd um, yeah. as far as – what he did, and I never will forget that game in 2010 um, where he just came out, and between him and Quay Watt, I mean, they just – they could not be stopped. And it was one of those things where, man, Hurd ran for 230 yards, Watt ran for 168. And, you know, uh, and you think about that at, at that time frame, man, that was just crazy, crazy numbers. Um and that team, as good as the senior class was, the junior class that came up and led them in 2011, same thing. Um, yep. Josh Martin, Reggie Thomas, those guys that, that went on, you know, heard we talked about his success. Uh, some of the younger guys, we can't, can't talk about those two teams without talking about Keenan Gilchrist and right. the machine that he was defensively. Um, you know, just amazing, amazing talent on both those teams. And really, you know, you think about it, 2010, the upper state championship game against Lamar was, uh, was a huge game, great atmosphere, great game. 
Um, and then, you know, you think about it, too, the 2011 team going against Chesterfield, who had a lot of success. Coach Steve Tannehill. You remember, right. they, you remember they had the old goat mascot? And it was like a 40-year-old <laughs> guy that came out there, and he did the DX trot shop in the middle of the field and <laughs> had the air horn and all that stuff. And uh, and uh, the Panthers would go on and get a big win over, over Chesterfield there. And they, they hadn't been back since. So, uh, <laughs> kind of, right. Kind of into that era, but um, yeah, those two teams that back to back first time in school history have back to back state championships and and doing it, you know, again doing it in one A, but you know, kind of a little bit of a situation there where it's like you know what you control what you control, and they did, and um, going on to get those two big two big state championship wins, and then I want to kind of get into the process of where we're talking about where we are now because you know from 2010 to 2020. Uh, we may never, we may never see another decade like it. I'm not going, I'm not going, not going to say it can't happen, but, uh, you know, as far as what we, what we have grown up with, with Abbeville football, the, the greatest decade of Abbeville football ever. And you think about the, the 2012 team that got, got so close, fell short to Bishop England, uh, had a lot of injuries on that team. 2013 and 14 basically was kind of a rebuilding year. You know, you had the, you had the loss of Kelly Bryant, who transferred out, and um, just had a lot of young guys, guys like Joe Battle and Doobie Dubose and Ben Trey. They were starting as freshmen. They had to come up and play as freshmen. Yeah, and yeah. they kind of take their lumps, but you know they they were able to sniff a little bit of success. You remember, you know, Abbeville goes to Saluda, who was heavily favored, and knocked yeah. off a, a really good Saluda team at Saluda that year early in the playoffs. They go the next year and they knock off the defending state champion Batesburg Leesville Panthers at Batesburg with mm-hmm. a walk off touchdown. Um, you know, so and Batesburg those- Batesburg beat Abbeville at home forty six to nothing that year in the regular season. And uh, you know, the Panthers I think they lost to ninety six that next week and then get into the playoffs and you're like, all right, well, first round headed back to Batesburg and, you know, just uh, less than a month you know, before that, they, you know, three weeks before that, Batesburg had, you know, shut them out 46 to nothing. And Panthers beat them 34-28 there at Batesburg, which was, uh, I think Perry Woolbright was the head coach at uh, at Batesburg at that time. And, of course, he's got a lot of Abbeville ties as well. And he's, I think he's still at Lexington doing yeah. doing good stuff there. But he's, uh, you know, that was, that was huge, that win right there. And uh, I tell you, it's a, uh, that team that ended up being five and seven, uh, they were a they were a botched call away from going into the third round of the playoffs, and yeah, that yep. year too, those uh, those guys grew up uh, right before our eyes, and it absolutely uh, was was the truth in in twenty fifteen with the uh, the first of the of the uh, the quad squad there. Yeah, the the 2015 team was special in the sense that they did have to endure some hardship over those earlier years growing together, but then they finally were able to put the pieces together. Uh, I remember the very first play of the season against Silver Bluff, Joe's battle walks off a touchdown to open up the season, and you're thinking, yeah, they might be pretty good this year. Um, (laughs) And then you had a backfield with Khalil Fuller, TJ Rogers, who ended up being a touchdown machine, Junior Rapley, who was the heartbeat of of that run. Uh, yep. Those guys became a big part. We talked about Ventre Belton and what he brought, not only offensively but defensively. And you know that was the year where we we hosted Christ Church 
and ended Christchurch's uh, statewide uh, leading win streak. They had, they had come off of winning four straight state championships in 1A and and beat them down here at hometown in, uh, yeah. in an epic game. And that kind of – you kind of knew after that game this team could be really special before the year was over with. Uh, and that was the year, Benji, that I always – I remember too where it was kind of um, – we had to double dip that year. Uh, it wasn't good enough to beat a couple of teams once. We had to beat a bunch of teams twice. Yeah. Uh, I believe three to be to be specific. We had to beat uh, Saluda and Batesburg twice, and then we knocked off uh, Silver Bluff. Yeah. 2015. And Joe Battle, I mean, what a year he had. He would go on and win a basketball state championship too. Uh, he was an all-state uh, state player of the year in basketball, but what he did at quarterback, and I, I got to throw in here too, Benji, while I'm mentioning this, during this time, that's when Coach Tony Temple came back into the fold. Yeah, He kind of helped uh, Coach Smith. They kind of, I guess you could say they revitalized and kind of modified the offense that the Panthers had been running. They had kind of started going to more of a little bit of a wing T formation, but they put in a little bit more of a of a of a of a modification to it that opened up the passing game, and that was something that we never really saw here at Abbeville during all those other years. Was a team that could stretch the field and throw the ball and be a threat in that department. And big part of that four year run was the ability to throw the football. And Joe Battle was the first of many quarterbacks that started that. Ventre Belton, how huge was he? Uh, uh, playing wide receiver and going up and snagging the ball up out of the air. Uh, but yeah, they uh, they kind of morphed. They went from you know wishbone uh, into sort of a wing T, and then man, whenever they decided to to kind of spread it out a little bit and kind of try to get everybody out of the box, defending them by by dropping back and and running that wing T out of a shotgun type the uh, type look. It it was it was just a game changer and. You've seen some other teams around try to kind of mimic the the A bone as we call it, but nobody uh, that I have seen yet has 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 done what what Abbeville is able to do with it. Uh, I mean, outside uh, you know zone type runs, inside power, the buck sweep, and then all the different play action and rollouts and stuff. I mean, it's just. It is a complicated – it's not complicated if you just, you know, if you look at it just from an X's and O's, but trying to defend it and the whole thing has just opened up. And I really think the evolution of that offense, tack on that with, a you know, just your typical Abbeville poppy-in-the-mouth defense. That's why they're, you know, playing for their, you know, seventh state championship in, in however many years here uh, coming up next this coming Friday. Yeah, and um, again, you know, a lot of guys who were coming into their own. We talked about, you know, guys like Junior Rapley and TJ Rogers. Uh, 2016, though, we got our first look at a young man who would go on to uh, to really have a legendary run. And Courtney Jackson um, yeah. came on, and and he kind of he kind of got going as the year progressed, and then you got him back there with Rodgers and Rapley. And, and you could you could argue, man, one of the best running back trios uh, of Panther football history with what they were able to put together. And every one of them, when they touched the ball, you thought they could take it to the house. And all of them could catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, we talked about the quarterback play from Joseph Battle. Um, you have Jamie Gray who comes in, who I remember interviewing Coach Smith, and he talked about 
as far as the football acumen of that offense, he might have been the best quarterback during that run. Yeah. Um, and had probably ended up having the most passing touchdowns during that run, too, and threw a pretty pass. He wasn't as much of a threat to run it. Uh, he ran it just enough, but uh, with those three guys he had behind him, uh, they were really able to kind of secure it. And you remember, the, they played Batesburg in the state championship game, and they got down 14-3, to but then they, they kind of turned it around, and they scored three scores in a row. And uh, the only only blemish on the schedule was the Georgia rule that you cannot break a tie with a tie to Lincoln County in 2016. Yeah, yeah. 14-0-1 was that 16 team. And uh, correct my memory, was Martico Jackson in that backfield? Um, Not yet, nope. Okay, all right. Maybe he was a year or so later. But, yeah, that was a, uh, that was a dynamic backfield. And, and you – I really think what pushed – not only that team over the hump, and I mean, because they they beat some pretty good teams. Uh, and but if you think back again, let's go back to Newberry College and the neutral site game. You know, Abbeville's a twenty six point underdog or something to that effect to, uh, against Hartsville, yeah. and that to me was kind of Courtney Jackson's coming out party. He yeah. took over that game and had some huge runs. And I don't remember what his actual stat line or whatever was from from that game, but Abbeville knocks off a uh, big 4A Hartsville. I think they were ranked like number one maybe in 4A at that time, and uh, beat them 33 to 21. And then it was it was just on after that. I think their next toughest game might have come in the upper state championship at at home again. Another game against Saluda, and uh, Saluda was loaded that year too, and Abbeville beat them uh, in in a pretty tight game, and and then went on to roll Batesburg. Um, you know, in that in that uh, state championship game uh, in in 2016, and you know that just springboarded right back into you know Bryce Jackson being the quarterback there in in 2017, and in uh, um, another state championship, it was uh, they did lose to Hartsville that year, but uh, you know the the hump had been went over the hump there, and. Um, one thing that kind of stands out about that 2017 team to me was the uh, the third round game at home against Sherall, and Bryce Jackson was the starting quarterback, and he he was hurt. I, I don't remember if he broke his hand or exactly what why he couldn't play, but anyway, he he didn't play in that game. And JD Moore comes in as a uh, see a sophomore, maybe he was a sophomore, yeah. At that I think, yeah, I think he was a sophomore that year. Yeah, he was. J.D. Moore comes in a sophomore that year, and 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 they put him in at starting quarterback, and they ended up beating a really good Sherall team, fourteen to seven, with J.D. at quarterback. And of course, that was a little foreshadowing. J.D. would go on the next year to lead the twenty eighteen team in what I think if you know if you're ranking them, which people ask me to rank them a lot. 96 and 18 are probably the two best, most dominant from wire to wire teams that I've ever seen Abbeville play. Yeah, the 2017 team to me, uh, I call that the MASH unit state championship team because <laughs> they had so many injuries on that team. They were so banged up. The defenses that we played against that year, you talked about Sherald, Saluda team had a really good defense and then we get the state championship team and that Bamberg defense may have been the best of them all that we played all year and through 45 minutes there was no score and it wasn't 
a punt return score for a touchdown got things going. And Panthers kind of got settled in, got behind uh, Dooley Sanders. Uh, Junior Rapley kind of got back going again. And, you know, Rapley ended up carrying the team, coming up with a couple of big scores. Um, and, and again, uh, had a big turnover, I think, on a kickoff. Uh, and they ended up winning that thing 14-7. to seven. And, yeah, that was – you could tell at the end of that game, that was – that my, that might have been the single toughest year out of all the runs, um, just from a physicality standpoint, because they really had to to go through some some brick walls to get to that state championship, and that made it three in a row. And then Benji, I mean, what can you say? You get to the 2018 team, and uh, as we're we're getting kind of short on our time here, but uh, the 2018 team, man, unbelievable dominance offensively, defensively. Uh, Courtney Jackson comes back from missing the year, the the better part of 2017 with ACL. He comes back a man possessed, <laughs> um, oh. dominating run game, uh, along with Dooley Sanders in the backfield. Uh, you talk Dominic about- Washington, yeah, Dominic Washington, the fullback JD Moore settles in, becomes the starter, becomes that threat, and man, they just go on a tear leading up to that big game on the road against Southside Christian, which they actually had won earlier in the year against mm-hmm. them at Christian. But uh, it'll be the year of the return, uh, the, the the play that most Panther fans will remember for a very long time. And uh, Courtney Jackson's big kickoff return, uh, unbelievable play that springboard him into uh, a, a game against a Barnwell team and not trying to change what the team did. But, I mean, I, I don't know if you can say anything else about just dominant they were, but they played a Barnwell team who had a really explosive offense. And, um, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, this was going to be a super high-scoring battle, but it became, again, about the defense. And Nate Temple and those guys on defense, uh, Malik Leach, um, David Cobb, a lot of those guys that would come back, um, Jalen Schuler leading that team, and the defensive secondary comes up with some big plays. Biggest play of the game was the interception by David Cobb. Yep. Um, yep. Right before half, they were driving to score, uh, and David David gets a big interception, takes it to the house. I think it made it twenty eight to seven at that time, and uh, they didn't ever look back. And Carson Smith and some of those guys, man, that that 2018 team, you know, to me, it's it's the the 96 team, just from my viewing era, because I just didn't have the pleasure of watching in person 71 and 81. But the 96 2018 teams, those, those teams are right there side by side, in my opinion. Yeah, I, Nate, I Nate give, it's I give a I probably give the edge to 90 to the 96 team from the defensive standpoint, but 18's right there. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're tit for tat. And, uh, you know, you were talking about that defense, uh, you know, Carson Norman or, or uh, Carson Smith, I'm sorry, and uh, and, and Nate Temple uh, on the defensive line. That, that state championship game, you know, all the hype was around this Barnwell offense, and Craig Pender was the quarterback. He uh, had two just six, five, 300-pound, you know, tackles protecting him, and they're throwing for 348 yards a game and scoring 52 points a game or something like that. And Abbeville came down and absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage. Uh, uh, bone on the uh, on the defensive line there. Oh. Yeah, I mean, uh, those guys were, were nasty, and they would get after it uh, on that D-line. Um, and – Luke Evans, uh, on, on, linebacker, just a, a madman 
back there. It uh, that team was special. That team was really, really special, and they uh, and they proved it. They they went undefeated. Only you know, instead of being fifth, the only reason they wasn't fifteen and zero is uh, a hurricane came through and flooded Hartsville. We were supposed to go play at Hartsville that year, and uh, and, and didn't get to do it because. The uh, hurricane comes through, floods out earlier that week. They thought they were going to get to go play that game, and then secondary flooding, whatever that is, it, it, it flooded the, uh, the 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 stadium and all that again. So uh, they had to just cancel that game. But that's the only reason I think that uh, that eighteen team wasn't fifteen and zero. They actually ended up being fourteen and zero because they had a game canceled on them there. Um, I want to say it was like mid September. Yeah, um, uh, because it was obviously a non-region game. But anyway, just just dominant, just absolute dominant. Southside Christian game there, the Upper State Championship was the only team that was even really remotely close um, to Abbeville. Well, one thing that stands out to me, you talked about it earlier, how uh, um, uh, the first play of the game or first play of the season took it to the house. Well, remember that 2018 team had to open up the season at Lincoln County and the very first play of the game, J.D. Moore goes around right side untouched for about a 65-yard touchdown. Abbeville blows out Lincoln County 57 to nothing there at Larry Campbell Stadium. The most points ever scored to this day by an opponent at Larry Campbell Stadium, yep. the most lopsided loss in the history of Lincoln County football. Yeah. That 2018 team did it. And uh, they were dominant. Speed, power, and finesse when they needed to, but they had it all, and they had depth. There, there were a lot of guys on that team that could play. And, uh, again, a team like that is 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 just special. Yeah. And, and it kind of leads us to the final – final part of the the podcast here because uh, we got one more team that we've got to talk about here before we close it out in the last few minutes but uh benji we go to 2019 season we have a great run get to the uh upper state championship game and just watch a 21-3 lead go to the side as saluda makes a big run on us uh noah bell who was a warrior who had been with the program for a couple of years finally got saluda over to hump they go on to win a state championship and then a little thing called COVID hit, and we didn't even know if we were going to have a 2020 season going into yeah. that summer. Uh, teams were very limited to what they could do. They really couldn't practice at all. Uh, they couldn't even put on pads at the time. And so it was a season that, that ended up becoming a shortened season. It became a season that started late. Um, and then, obviously, they made a decision that they wanted to try to – just try to play the, the the region games and get those region games locked in for sure. And you just didn't know if you were going to play all the games or any games at all. And, you know, the, I remember Panthers getting a couple of non-region games against Woodland, who was a team on the rise in 2A. And yeah. a school called Christ, Christ School from North Carolina, who probably had six or seven Division One players on that team. They made the long trip from around Charlotte, I believe, to come down to play that Asheville. Year. Asheville. Uh, yep. made that trip and uh, Panthers an exciting game 35 21 but uh again you look about this team Benji they finished the season 11 and 0 seven of the 11 games were shutouts talking about dominating on defense led by Luke Evans on that team a uh, bunch of yeah where 
Um, they just they just had a special cruise temple. Those guys that had endured that 2019 loss, Thomas Buford, the quarterback, they put it all together. Tyrell Haddon, uh, he was he was a beast. Martico. Uh, Yep, 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 and uh, those guys were those guys were just they were really good as well. Defensively was was special, um, uh, and you knew uh, when Christ School comes in uh, to the height to play that game, and Abbeville beats them thirty five twenty one. You knew right then, wow, this team's going to be special. Didn't give up a single point in the regular season, other than that Christ School game, and. Uh, and, uh, you know, Gray Collegiate comes in for the Upper State Championship game. That happened to be on my birthday. Okay. Abbeville stamped uh, their their uh, ticket to go to the state championship, ended up playing Marion. And remember, Marion got sick or had COVID or something, and we didn't think we were going to get to play that state championship game yeah. in 2020. They were talking a lot of talk about co-champs, and everybody was outraged about that. And then uh, ended up playing that game like uh, – Two weeks later, still to this day, the latest game ever played uh, for Abbeville uh, High School football and, and beat uh, a Marion team that was pretty good uh, defensively there, 37-6 uh, to six in that state championship game for the 11th in school history. Yeah, and it was an ugly game, a lot of turnovers. Uh, I, think there, I think Zay Rayford, who's the quarterback of the current team, had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, yep. uh, there was a couple of scooping scores on defense it was not a very pretty game and i think a lot of that had to do with the the time off in between and and again battling the sickness and stuff and ended up bringing the school it's 11th state championship and benji we got about two minutes left bring us to where we are now the panthers facing oceanside a chance for a 12th state title the ty somerville uh a chance for coach nichols state championship as a head coach um and uh and a, and a great opportunity and a team again uh you know, a couple of losses, tough teams early in the year, but this is a team that's playing at its, its best football at the best time of the year. Yeah, you're right. And uh, when I see – look at this Oceanside team. We mentioned it earlier. Christ School out of Asheville. This Oceanside team reminds me a lot of that. Huge offensive line. Uh, they got uh, Division One uh, guys all over the field. And uh, Abbeville's going to come out and have to do what Abbeville does, and that's uh, hit them square in the mouth. It's going to have to be a bloody nose, uh, blue-collar effort from the Panthers. And uh, we'll just see, you know, we'll see how the cards fall. But uh, there's one thing for sure that's, uh, that's going to happen is Abbeville's going to come out and they're going to hit you, and they're going to hit you, and they're going to hit you, and they're going to hit you again. <laughs> Ty Cade, uh, uh, you know, Gavin Calhoun's come on. Jay Tench uh, is back there. This team really solidified the back end when, when Tubu, uh, Antonio Harrison, uh, uh, it became a, a regular player in that defensive backfield. It freed up uh, Demarcus Leach a little bit uh, to be able to blitz and, and play a little more freer instead of having to worry about coverage and stuff. So uh, this team has is peaking. This team has is is at its peak right now, and uh, you know they they might not be the favorite by a point spread, but I can guarantee you this: ain't no underdog. Nope, uh, it's not the first rodeo either. First time for Oceanside, and, and it should be electric. It's going to be a weird time, 2 o'clock start, but uh, we're going to be there and uh, many Panther fans as well. Benjamin, I appreciate you giving me the time. To do yes, this sir. Uh, obviously, we didn't do enough justice. An hour definitely can't cover all the memories and, and stuff, but uh, hopefully a little bit of a catch-up retro for Panther fans and new fans, and uh, we look forward to, uh, to seeing what happens in this next state championship Yes, sir. Lee, always a pleasure, man. God bless you, and uh, go Panthers.
All right, man. Appreciate Beans and Grease and joining me. Hope everyone has a great, great state championship experience pulling for the Panthers to get that number 12 ring. Hope everybody takes care, enjoys the podcast, leave your comments, and, uh, and leave some of your state championship memories as well. God bless.